0: Uh, I mentioned at work that I bought these cowboy boots on the weekend, and this was, my colleague looks at
1: me and goes, "Who are you on the weekends?" <laughs> <laughs> I had that, um, like, nearly exactly the same reaction when I wore a shirt. I have a shirt from a brand called Spunky Bruiser. They're a Sydney <laughs> brand that mm. reclaims. Uh, material and makes new shirts. This and is the one stuff with like see through lace Lots on of, like, the powerful. back and shit. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> wore that. So I've got one where the entire back panel it's it's uh it was sold with their women's shirts, but I but I'm progressive, so I bought it anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not afraid to wear a shirt for broads. <laughs> and are uh, the buttons the other way around? What do you mean? Are the buttons on the other side? On the other side,
0: women's shirt buttons are on the like if for us. They're on the right. They're on the left on women's oh, shirts. Oh, why? Because uh, in, like, period times or whatever, Mm. I think the reason was... Period times. (laughs) (laughs) Which is all the time for women. For women, yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, back in the days when, like, women were, like, (laughs) in these ornate outfits... (laughs) uh, Women do have periods. uh, The servants would dress them, and Mm. so... Oh, it's easier with your right hand on the other side. buttons are uh, directioned, I think, so that someone buttoning buttons for you, they're the right way for you.
1: Yeah, Interesting. Okay, I don't believe they are. I think they're then on you the right. S- you might be side. safe with
0: a man's shirt then. Yeah, I think. Or maybe so. it's one of those I progressive women's shirts.
1: Yeah, build their shirts in a way that your servants find it easier to dress you. All, all women's shirts have the buttons on the other side. I think I've never noticed such before. There you go. I I, I think I'm right. Yeah, you might be. I'll check when I get home. Um, Next time we meet a woman, it's the only check. item of uh, it's the only item of women's clothing I own. Mm. Um.
0: Other than all of your underwear <laughs> me, Yeah, me, me stepping around the word <laughs> have <laughs> Welcome once again aboard Beef Station Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound I'm Oscar I'm Andrew Who up? Fuck, I almost said your name again, brother <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're 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 uh, you're micromanaging. You're worried about yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. going to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You're> yeah, exactly, it's <laughs> trying to figure out. You're making sure I know my lines. Oh, well, yeah. you should be oh, yeah. worried about knowing yours. And boy, you you can't you can't blame me for having <laughs> my doubts. Um, this week,
0: uh, gonna try and crank this one out. We're really gonna. Get the schedule back into mm. back into the swing of mm-hmm. things. Um, we're going to be covering a bit later Getting in the show. back on the car. Uh, John Wick, Chapter 4, which we both saw pretty recently. It's directed by Chad Stileski. Pretty sure that's the guy that directed all the other ones. Is it Stileski um, or Stahelski? Who gives a fuck? It Sorry. is Stahelski.
1: There you go. Yeah. Okay.
0: Very casually asking. Like, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know the answer. I'm going to make it sound like I'm not sure. I thought I knew yeah. the answer, but I didn't yeah. know that I was right. John, John Wick 4. Mm. Is what we're going to be covering later in the show. It's the directed JW4. by Oh yeah, it's directed by Chad Stahelski, mm. which I'm pretty sure is the guy that's directed all the other ones.
1: Uh,
0: and stay tuned. We'll give you our spoiler-free review. <laughs> and giving then yourself,
1: giving yourself the edit point, <laughs> and then immediately birthing, <laughs> yeah. fucking your own edit point up. Really good stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is no help. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to bring it back. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, uh, we'll, be, we'll be covering that later in the show. We'll mm. give you a spoiler-free review and then maybe if we can think of some spoilers, we'll drop them later.
1: Yep. Uh, we'll tell you what else we've been up to. Uh, how's the week been for you, brother? Oh, It's been pretty good. I've been uh, doing a lot of writing. Um, so I'm still stuck in this kind of like weird uh, intermediary kind of time between like moving cities and between trying to get jobs. So I'm not actively lining up any jobs on set you're being a little fucking delinquent i am but i'm but i'm working shitloads in terms of um screenwriting so i've been screen doing a lot of writing like every day probably like uh you know six to eight hours every day writing so that's been really good and i feel like um it's really it's been really nice and i'm i'm actually like uh i'm really enjoying life at the moment (laughs) um just because uh writing is something that's such an interesting um craft to me and i've been spending a lot of time learning about how different people recommend that you approach the craft of like screenwriting and how um why good scripts might look the way that they do and no one's ever going to be able to give you a silver bullet for like all good scripts do this specific list of things and if you don't do this you're fucked and if you do this you're going to get nominated for an oscar but there's certainly a lot of kind of like hallmarks or um ways of thinking about writing that uh I'm learning that um like one thing that I learned recently, which I now kind of like have spent uh the last few days since I learned about it like looking for in movies that I'm watching is um a lot of people talk about how you're like your protagonist of your film, which is a um can of worms in of itself, but let's just talk about it simply. The protagonist of the film needs like a clear goal straight through, uh, that's gonna carry them through Right to the end of the movie, basically. Like, th- at the end of the movie, they should basically be getting that goal or it should be winding up after they've just gotten it. And a lot of movies, when you think about it, you're you, your opening scene on your protagonist, you don't know what the fuck they actually want. You don't really yeah. even know who they are. And so, I always kind of uh, subconsciously had wondered, like, but how do you get to the point where you naturally actually introduce that goal, right, without it feeling forced? And I wanted the same thing myself. And so, something that, um, it's, this is from a book called The Nutshell Technique by Jim Ch- uh, J- Jill Chamberlain. Um, uh, she talks about giving your character a setup want in the first act. And it doesn't have to be anything major. It can just be like, a, it can be like she uses the example, it could be like, oh, my protagonist wants a sandwich. And so, the first act, you start off in the first scene or first sequence, you immediately establish your protagonist is hungry, they want a fucking sandwich. And so, what it does is, it doesn't set up your entire movie's arc, it doesn't set up their goal for the rest of the thing, but it it immediately makes your protagonist very active and you can straight away tell, are they on their way to get the sandwich or not? Are they um, procrastinating getting the sandwich? Are they... Is there stuff in the way? Are they getting frustrated about not having one? Are they lazy? So not only does it give you an active purpose, but it also lets you immediately start characterizing your protagonist. And even though you can then discard that and um, it doesn't necessarily need to be something integral for the rest of the movie, it kind of actually shepherds you through the first act because the end of the first act, Mm -hmm. they should kind of get it in a way that is... uh, in, in very imperfect for a bunch of reasons. Maybe yeah.
0: while he while he's making the sandwich, he watches someone kill his wife or something. And then
1: yeah, or like, <laughs> you know, he goes to... Like, he goes... He w- he's like, fuck it, I want the sandwich from this particular spot. And then he goes to his favourite sandwich shop, and his favourite sandwich shop is shut. And then that sets up the revenge arc through the whole second act, that he's going to kill the guy that shut the sandwich All shop. right, we got a movie. Here we go. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's... <laughs> it's so... It, yeah. it seems like... Um, the more you look for it, the more that you'll it's see that like, to, like prescribe rules to it. Like, yeah, that, yeah, it just doesn't. A lot of movies just don't start with a protagonist that wants what they end up working most of the movie to get. It's just this first kind of thing, um, and yeah, it can be it's, like making through the line at the at, at Centrelink or something. Yeah. It's, it's like really, yeah, it's really interesting. So anyway, that kind of stuff. Hopefully, that little tirade was um, was interesting for people, but yeah. um, I, I think that sort of thing is is the kind of thing where. I'm not treating it like it's an answer, and it's going to make me like a master screenwriter if I always do that. But um, but it's so interesting to see that there are these like habits or tips or patterns or whatever that mm. um, when you start showing mastery of those things, you're you're really on your way. Yeah, uh, which is really nice. So yeah, I've been good. So how about you? How's yeah, it been? work's been pretty good for me too. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm in a very fortunate position that we do a podcast about the industry that I'm looking to work in. So yeah, I've kind of yeah, got, yeah. got more mileage about it. But no, no, fair enough. You got to um, start a podcast with a mate talking about. You got to start a podcast about. Yeah, exactly. You, you, um, you should start
0: a podcast about the industry that you work yeah, in. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, I've been saving a story that I want to tell on the pod. I thought I thought we could be a bit more professional. <laughs> um. So h- how's this? So I v- mentioned very briefly and sort of cut most of it out because I realised I didn't want to do gear about my nan's funeral. But um, yeah, sure. My nan's funeral, uh, sort of four or six weeks ago, or whatever. Um, it was hot property though. We- oh Patreon. yeah, I mean, th- I, it was in there There was a little bit of the cold open about it where I felt like I danced around it. it was yeah. raw enough that I thought, you know, this is <laughs> this, this is, is tastefully do. done. <laughs> yeah, um, nice. but uh, one of the things that my dad uh, and my uncle like set up for the funeral um. Because my nana has like cousins in different states and w a they couldn't make it in time for the funeral. Um, they set up like a live streaming thing. Ah, uh, yes, um, sure. And then the service they use for the live streaming thing kept the stream up for however many days afterwards, and you could like download it if you wanted. To. Oh, okay, sure. That's, um, right. That's and they nice. got the number of the downloads. Oh, brother! My nana's funeral got more downloads than we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> she got sixty five downloads in a matter of days.
1: Oh okay. Well we're we're it's actually not like wildly We're we, competitive.
0: Yeah. I'll say that. <laughs> we're competitive, but uh she's still beat
1: she's still <laughs> Well to she's be fair to, us, us to be fair to us. That's her only funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas we gotta yeah, we that's gotta right. contend with doing Listen hundreds in, of Listen in and crank out
0: hundred <laughs> yeah, and thirty funerals and let's see if you're still let's see if, if you still maintain those kind of numbers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: All right. I think we might have ourselves a bit of a rookie effect, if you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> a bit of beginner's luck. When you get to your difficult one hundred and thirtieth album, come back to yeah, us and see exactly, how you go. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um yeah, again I'm
0: I'm sorry if you lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, man, but it's only ten downloads, it's fine. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Nope. All right, well there you go. <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll do. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, real um, uh, real cold open vibes for this. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> past past cold open. Looking look, looking forward to
0: seeing uh, how much of all of that I leave. In. Yeah, uh, great. I reckon there's going to be on a two minute intro. Um, anyway, welcome back to the episode. Uh, this week, as I said, we're doing John Week Four. We thought we'd uh, do some news and special features and uh, you know other, other little updates before we dive into that though. Mm. So let's do that now. Uh, do you want to do some news? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. (świadomi) Baseball! Yum! Right, here we go. Uh, Did you see this? Uh, Ari Aster pranks Midsommar audience by showing them his brand new movie instead. Uh, Damn pranked! (laughs) Yeah, Um, owned. (laughs) Uh, an- an- another another year where I have to be very careful about the headlines because April Fool's Day just passed, but I'm pretty sure this is wrong. Oh, right. yeah, true. Um, Thanks. You're doing God's work. Yeah, yeah. Um, audiences thought they were getting Arias' Mitsuma, Instead, they were treated to a sneak preview of Joaquin Phoenix's Bo is Afraid. Mm. Um, that's, I mean, basically all that's interesting in the headline. Pretty cool, though. Uh, apparently, Alamo Draft House uh, were advertising... Uh, um, a Midsummer plus Q&A or whatever
1: And instead they got the new movie With a Q&A moderated by Emma Stone Okay, there you go Pretty cool Moderated by Emma Stone She's making a career pivot <laughs> Interesting I mean, maybe she's in the movie I don't know um, mm. Anyway, pr- pretty pretty cool Yeah, that's pretty, neat Pretty, pretty cool any, uh, any audience reactions? There's a fat mosquito Just like buzzing around my face right now
0: Yeah, right <laughs> Not going to give me an edit point on that, are you? Just, <laughs> <Sorry>. just,
1: just <laughs> that's what straight we got. into it. Um,
0: I don't. Okay, do
1: you know who Danny Dyer what is, is? his Weigh in, by the way. Is that the best content or the worst content? You <laughs> tell us. Uh, no, I don't know who that okay, is. Um, Danny Dyer is this man? Uh, Sure. Okay, yeah. I think I vaguely recognize him.
0: Paul Gascoigne?
1: Yep. Don't know who that is? Oh, mm, uh, yeah. No, I think he was in True
0: Blood. <laughs> Great. Okay, so here's the headline. Danny Dyer could, quote, fucking taste Paul Gascoigne's farts while filming Channel 4 series. He's got a rotten ass, Paul.
1: Now, this... Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm interested as to... When I think I understand why this made the cut. But what I think is... Do you know who either of those actors are?
0: Now, let's not get...
1: Some details in the So, this is a new story about how. About farts. A man you don't know. Yeah. Tasted another man you don't know's farts. Yeah. And I don't know either of these men either. Alongside Gascoigne, the show's celebrity lineup includes TV
0: star Scarlett Moffat, former boxer Chris Eubank, comedian Chris McClausland... Actor Donna Preston, reality star Chloe Burrows, the wanted singer Max George, and former boxer Nicola Adams. All people that we both know. Speaking about living inside the enclosed space, host Danny Dyer explained that Paul Gascoigne's flatulence was something contestants had to, quote, get immune to. He's got a rotten ass, Paul, Dyer told The Sun. They all began to get immune to it, but I could fucking taste it. Is this a game show? Oh, I think I skipped the first paragraph, sorry. Uh, Danny Dyer hosts a new reality series, Scared of the Dark, which follows a group of celebrities as they're forced to live inside a pitch-black bunker for eight days. Right. They take on challenges to test their fear of Ability to function in the dark. So, I mean, this
1: is—I'm uh, actually in favor of this, by the way. But, but these are this is in favor of what? The, this the is a game genre show what I'm about headline. To this is a this is a um, I got I'm anti. I'm anti stories about strangers farting. <laughs> right. But what I am pro is, um, I think I'm also anti stories about friends farting. To be honest, I gotta I gotta say, but um, yeah, right. what I am in favour of is reality TV shows that are literally just psychology experiments that we can't or don't do anymore (laughs) that they're just like yeah but if we put a reality TV contract release form in front of them we can do whatever the fuck we want to these idiots fuck yeah do Stanford Prison Experiment but it's a reality show yeah yeah But but (laughs) But like last one they have like Jimmy Barnes doing literally yes and celebrity celebrity Stanford Prison Experiment (laughs) is so fucking good good. (laughs) that is that is a million dollars yeah, idea, that, no, that's a yeah, great that idea. That is fucking yeah. so sick. Yeah. No, very that's good awesome. idea. And yeah, Jimmy Barnes absolutely on season one. Yeah. <laughs> Are you making Jimmy Barnes a prisoner <laughs> or a cop? Uh, I don't know I,
0: th- I think he's I think
1: he's got a bit of a cop energy I think he's got him. cop energy as well so that's make kind of why I want to make yeah. him a prisoner Yeah exactly who else, we right. put, who else are we putting in Here we cele- fucking go Dude. Celebrity okay, I so haven't watched c- any other movies this week So this yeah. is my beefness or okay, pleasure Can, can we
0: <laughs> Can we just remind the people at home And also me About what Stanford Prison Experiment is
1: That's the one where they put Random uh, Uni students In an experiment And they made half of them Prisoners And they made half of them Prison guards And the power goes to and their, their the, heads And everything Yeah And so they You know The prisoners like Had to do what the prison guards set or whatever, and it's a very unreliable fraught experiment. But what it isn't an unreliable fraught is right. reality television show. Right. So I think it's fucking great. So the question is, who do we want being completely which brutal? Are you putting... Yeah, exactly. So which celebs are prisoners? <laughs> Where's uh, Anderson? For prisoners? Cop. Yeah, interesting. Because he would just be like a whiny little prisoner, but I think <laughs> it would be really interesting to see what he did as a prison guard. Oh yeah. Alright. Matt uh, Damon. I'm making Adam Sandler a prisoner. Adam Sandler is a prisoner. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Rob Schneider is a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Schneider in either role would be fucking great. I'm making Jonah Hill a prison guard. All right. Uh, I am... Can we get
0: um, so, uh, Jonah Hill? I always used to get Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen confused as a kid. So, right. we can get them both in there, I
1: think. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, Seth Rogen, prisoner, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you'd spin in real life. I think... Um, after John Wick, I reckon Donnie Yen can be a prisoner.
0: Is that, was he the blind guy? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. fair. Uh
1: he's sighted in real life though, so um so mm-hmm. I think he won't won't have the same issues. Um, ooh, who else? Who would be funny? <laughs> um, <laughs> Who <laughs> would be funny Or Quafina As like a prison guard <laughs> Ronnie Ching <laughs> Actually They're cousins So I think it would be Extremely funny To have Jonah Hill And like Beanie Feldstein From, from Booksmart <laughs>
0: I think they're brother and sister Are they? I think so I thought
1: it was cousins But Maybe. okay sure Brother and sister Yeah, yeah. I'll sign off on that That rips uh, All of the friends uh, Yeah <laughs> Yep. The entire cast of friends. Women
0: are cops, m- uh, men are prisoners. Nice.
1: I like that. Yep. Well, get, get, some, get some woke agenda in there. Um, let's go, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> uh, ooh. And Kate Bush. <laughs> Just which, because she hasn't you gotta made pick mi- which one you're putting him in Which camp you're putting him well, in Kate Blanchett I'm thinking prison Honestly guard. Kate Bush just doesn't make that many public appearances So I'll take right, what okay. I can get <laughs> Let's Fiona Apple prison oh, yeah, we
0: <laughs> We'll get Paul
1: McCartney in there for an uh, episode All of Boy Genius is going <laughs> in as prisoners Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, Yeah. Paul McCartney's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I just want to meet him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this is right, He could be a host. Oh, yeah. Paul, Paul McCartney, McCartney is host. host. There you go, yeah. That's you it. and Paul McCartney hosting. <laughs> <But I'm> like, <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> well, Paul. <laughs> well, my good friend, Paul. <laughs> the tension's heated up this week. It
0: certainly has, Oscar.
2: Hmm.
1: Uh yeah okay I reckon that I look I could keep going on that riff for at least another hour or so so I think, I think we've course. got to wrap it okay, up there. Last
0: <laughs> headline. Owen Wilson was gifted a triple A tour pass by the Rolling Stones but had it revoked Owen after Wilson one show. Bad, by the way, sorry.
1: What? Say again.
0: Owen Wilson was gifted a triple A tour pass by the Rolling Stones but had it revoked after one show. Great. Okay. I get it. He has a show to do. He doesn't need some bozo just cruising around distracting him. Um, so I've picked this headline because it's funny and also because it's going to give so me he's an opportunity. S- specifically about Mick Jagger in this, uh, yeah, fucking yeah. So this is going to give me an opportunity to really, really hone in my Owen Wilson.
1: Yeah, good. And I think it's one of those things where you can sort of practice as you're going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Owen Wilson has ended up. about the time he made friends with the Rolling Stones, being gifted an all Wilson access impression. back, back pass, uh, g- he was gifted an all access backstage pass that would remain valid indefinitely only to have it taken off him after one show. He's a lifelong fan of the rock and roll greats who so performed the first ever concert he attended in 1980. Uh, That's so a damn. On the James Gordon show a few weeks ago, um, he's telling this story and he says, I Argent- <clears throat> <laughs> wanted went- yeah. <laughs> to see the Rolling Stones in Argentina. Was he Irish? Yeah. I wanted to see the Rolling Stones in Argentina. And I was kind of friendly with some of the band, and my friend, my friend was really good friends with Mick Jagger, and we got these special laminates, kind of all access that were good for the rest of your life. Um, uh, After being gifted with the passes, he recalls being eager to test just how all access they truly were, thinking to himself, "We found our villain. I'm going to walk over here and see if anybody stops me." Uh, and he noted that no one no one stopped me any place. And so he ventured off, and eventually uh, I ended up right at this place where uh, I could look over and see Mick Jagger on stage right there. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, he bolts during Jumpin' Jack Flash and comes running down, and it turns out where I was standing was part of the stage a little bit. So I just sort of froze and tried to be inconspicuous, and then someone came running over, screaming, get out of here, move, you're not supposed to be here. And I go to bed th- that night still thinking, oh my gosh, that was kind of gnarly. And then I get a call the next morning from Mick's security team, and they say, do you still have that laminate? And I go, yeah. And they go, okay, we're coming over to pick it up. And, and I get it. He has a show to do. He doesn't need some bozo just cruising around, distracting him. And that's the end of the story.
1: There you go. That's, I want to see the stage lad. I really want to see, like, to the crowd, like, which, how <laughs> visible was Owen Wilson. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining him standing... Yeah. Really oh, close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're not you He Argentina. looks like he's with the band.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that funny? I would. Yeah, it? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He's standing like behind the bassist. <laughs> mm-hmm. good yeah, shit, really anyway. good.
0: Uh, anyway, a bit of a weak news segment this week. I think, but well, that's that's uh that's probably all I've got. I've got a few other ones that I think are actually just interesting headlines uh, to mention very briefly. Sure. Uh, the new Wes Anderson movie's been announced. The cast is big. Insane. Cast list. It's yeah. a typical Wes Anderson cast. Bloody
1: uh, yeah. Uh, oh no, a notable omission. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. I didn't didn't
0: notice him on the list. This Tom Hanks is on the list. Yeah. Well, maybe is is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Tom Hanks is on there, along mm-hmm. with uh, the regular sort of cast of characters. Owen Wilson. Uh, uh, Owen
1: Wilson, Edward yep. Norton, Jeffrey Wright, uh Jeff Goldblum. Actually Jeffrey Wright's a new one. Maybe isn't it? he is. Oh no. no, he was in uh he was in French Dispatch. Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Uh Scarjo, Jason Schwartzman, uh a whole bunch of the, the normal the normal cast. Uh I'm really looking forward to it. I fucking love Wes Anderson. I've enjoyed every single movie he's ever done.
1: So I just got that mosquito, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> now I <laughs> have to leave it, better it leave in. Better leave it in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the last one is that there's that Scott Pilgrim anime series coming out. Um Oh yeah, which is only cool. Uh, it's cool. So I think that they're writing a new story, a new story mm. with a new thing. It's not just like a extension of the movie. Um, Edgar writes on to executively produce it, and they're getting the
1: entire. But not direct. I Don't think so. And they're getting the entire cast from the movie back
0: reprising their roles yeah, for the series, I saw that. which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they they seem to be pretty tight knit Like they had um they had that uh, table they reading. did a table read. Yeah, and also I feel like. That movie kind of um, like really launched a couple of careers into into the stratosphere. Yeah, because so. it's
0: a crazy cast now. I mean, like, because mm. I mean, she was still big then, but like, the Aubrey Plaza is yeah. now huge. Uh, Chris Evans wasn't yep. Captain America yet, no. I think. Um, yeah, I ca- mean, Michael Sarah, like, has always been pretty yeah, big. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, that's the news for the week. Uh, that's all we got. Mm.
1: Nice. Good segment. All right,
0: so a tiny, tiny little bit of beef to solve pleasure. Okay, let's
1: play the music, but like really quickly and quietly. We got to figure. Let's see like if I can figure out how to thing do that. For that. Yeah. We got a um, like a like a meat related pun. Oh,
0: uh, well, something to do with twiggy sticks, maybe.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, not bad. Uh, no, nah. think of it later. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> <Mini> <laughs> anyway. Meat. Okay, Business. Beef, pleasure. Business.
0: Pleasure. Business. Pleasure. Business. Pleasure. Business.
1: Pleasure. Business. Pleasure.
0: Business. Pleasure.
1: Business. Pleasure. Business. Pleasure. Business. Pleasure. Business. Pleasure.
0: Business. Pleasure. Business. Pleasure. Business. pleasure. Business. 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 Pleasure. Business. 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 Pleasure. Business. 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 pleasure. Uh, every episode, uh, we dedicate a significant portion of the show to the movie of the program. We have done extensive research, and we are extremely dedicated to covering that with as much vigor and detail as possible. But vigor. of course, let's go. <laughs> but of course, there is some. Uh, Sometimes we just we just watch stuff just because we want it, just mm-hmm. because it's interesting, just because it's just for us. Yep. Just uh, as a little treat, uh, and there isn't heaps that I've watched in the last little while. But I thought <laughs> that I could mention. <laughs> Based on the run-up, you wouldn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought one thing I could mention that I finished recently is a series that uh, a friend of her Pat recommended that I've, I've absolutely blasted through mm. uh, called Catastrophe. It's a sitcom oh, yep. uh, that is written and sort of created by Rob Rob Delaney, who of you probably Always do Sunny know. in Philadelphia. No, that's Rob McElhaney or whatever. Rob Damn. Delaney is an American comedian. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. based oh, in sorry. London. I was getting confused. Yes. Uh, and... Sharon Horgan, who is this uh, Irish lady who's also like a writer and actor and, mm, and a whole okay. bunch of stuff. I wasn't really familiar with her. I've known Rob Delaney from a whole bunch of, like panel shows and things. Yeah, um, sure. It's really cool. So it's it's basically about it's on Stan. It's four seasons with six episodes each. How each, long? Epi- each episode's like twenty five minutes. Okay, so so pretty you can digestible. get through it pretty quickly. Nice. Um, it's like a sitcom. I wouldn't say it's screamingly funny, but it's really entertaining and enthralling the whole time. Mm. And it's like it's a good. Entertaining drama. Um, Rob Delaney plays like a kind of obnoxious, loud, American y business guy who is flirting with Sharon's character in a bar and they hook up uh, and have like a crazy week of sex. So he's a male self insert. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, has like a crazy week of sex and she gets pregnant and they don't know each other when they hook up, really. Right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and they decide to keep the baby. Uh, and so it's kind of about them the first season is like them having the baby and like they barely know each other and they're sort of just making this work and they really click. Mm. Uh, And it's kind of cool. So it's, it's kind of like about relationships in your sort of late thirties, early forties, parenthood, parenthood and marriage in a really kind of, it feels like a really real grounded way where they're not like making up these bullshit problems um, just for the sake of the show. It kind of feels like being very honest with the humanity of the characters. Sure. uh, In a way that they're they're all great characters. Is that a,
1: British show or an American show? It's a British show. So okay. It's all set in London. So, I think Rob nice. Delaney is the outsider. He's the metaphorical on, fish out of water.
0: <laughs> I think he's been based in London in real life for like a decade or more at least. Yeah, maybe.
1: I think I follow him and his wife on Twitter or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, they great.
0: I suppose I don't have too much compelling to say other than that. I, I'm glad I watched it. I finished it all in about a week. But
1: a strong um, recommend. Are you got any like touch points for sort of similar shows, similar tone that people might... Latch on to uh. No hmm. You can take it on notice if you want <laughs> Yeah listeners <laughs> Listeners email me <laughs> <laughs>
0: No I don't know No you
1: have to email the listeners Oh fuck <laughs>
0: <laughs> Email us your email address Whatever the
1: beef station version of Hansard is Hamsard
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> Hey Damn. <Woo>! Let's go <laughs> Ham <laughs> <sod>.
0: <laughs> uh, This is such w- a th- fucking specific joke. most <laughs> tedious episode we've <laughs> ever
1: done, bro. I think, uh, yeah, uh, Ham's gonna be smoked for spinning our fucking wheels. <laughs> <I think. laughs> um, really, really good. Have you thought of an answer to my question yet? No, I was too busy <laughs> laughing at Ham's side. Uh... Um,. No,
0: it no it, it's it's good though. Okay. It's good. Uh you're right that I'm being very vague experience. with it.
1: Um I didn't say that, you said that. <laughs> I asked if you had a touch point.
0: My favorite character is the guy played by Mark Bonner, um, who is just constantly oh, vaping. Yeah, yeah. Constantly vaping throughout <laughs> the entire show. Sick. And like, I think in the first show, in the first season, like his, his vaping addiction gets worse and worse with every season. That's awesome. There's these yep. big time jumps. When so the first yep. one he's like smoking and in the second one he's like constantly vaping. Mm. Um,
1: it rules. I wonder, so they have, obviously for actors who don't want to like really smoke, they have these, uh, <laughs> they have these, <laughs> what are you laughing at, man? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they have these uh, clove cigarettes or like whatever, you know, they've got like cigarettes mm. that look like real cigarettes you can smoke that that, that don't have all the, the nasty shit in them. Mm. And uh, for a vape... Do you like? I wonder if they have an equivalent, or if he was just like <laughs> fucking zooted on nicotine. <laughs> no, the entire run. You can get non-nicotine babes, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was just like flavored mm. stuff. But it w- it'd be funny if he was like, "No, I need the, mm. I need the actual hit." <laughs> oh, I'll fucking tell you what we need to be talking about. Mm. We
0: haven't spoken about uh, the Last of Us yet. Oh, true. The TV show. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to do a quick little? Yeah, little, we can do little a little recap I feel like of that. That's,
1: God, it's fucking ancient history. It was a by little now. while
0: ago, but I think we promised in the last episode that we would talk about the Last of this episode. <laughs> we talked... we just talk about it. and There's enough time for people to sort of catch up on it. The Last of episode would have been better. So anyway, the, so, yeah. so the last episode of the last, yeah, so fucking catastrophe. It's a good show. I'm not describing it very well, but it's like a nice,
1: sort of a bit brainless kind of sitcomy drama comedy says, thing. You know what it is, and if you don't know what it is, how about you just pull out your little mobile phone and you fucking google it hmm. what about that hmm. how about you use that how about you use those phones how that about you millennials it millennials are all so addicted to how yeah? about you ask james what he it? thinks yeah. <laughs> bing it <laughs> <laughs> that rules i should start saying that <laughs> funny 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 joke i was here Thanks, can't wait to steal it. Thanks, man. Um. Okay. Yeah. The last episode. Yeah. Last episode, so, The HBS show. there's was about nine or ten episodes. I can't. I don't want to repeat myself. I've never done that. So. Yeah. I don't remember what we said on the last episode.
0: I think that we didn't end up talking about the last episode. Okay. and ep- for that, you'd only watch one or two episodes. Okay. So and you I've were since saying finished. like you were saying like oh the, the world is kind of like I'm sort of starting to warm up to it. I don't think you talked about the episode three thing. Yes, with, the, yeah. um, with Nick Hoffman's thing yet. Mm. So.
1: Yeah. Uh sure. Okay. Well, I mean, um some people still haven't haven't probably haven't finished it. No, nah, fucking if they haven't finished um, it by now, that this is the Well, I, I I shan't spoil, but um but I guess like this is your this is your spoiler warning of like uh, We can put little time cuts. Go, yeah. So check in the episode description will will make sure that if I if I inadvertently mention something. But also the whole series is based on a game that's been out for fucking 10 years, so mm. get on it. Anyway, um uh, yeah, I really liked it. I ended up really, really loving it. Um, I was probably, if, if I had only seen the first two, I was probably a little bit lukewarm on it. Yeah. I was probably a little bit lukewarm on Bella Ramsey. I think you were <laughs> last we heard. I thought that her performance was so good. Yeah, it was really tough to, um, I think it was tough for me to distance myself from having played the game. Because that is something I mm. w- had, like it was obviously a well not obviously but it was incredibly beloved to a lot of people but like yeah i i uh, similarly to a lot of people i have a very special connection to that game and i really feel like i don't know both the first and the second um parts i have felt like i just lived in the world for a couple of days yeah, so it really yeah, yeah. i just feel like it's like i feel like a lived experience well i, I think it's one so, of the best
0: bits about the show is that it allowed an extended uh I mean, it, it allows you to spend an extended amount of time in the world without being tethered to the Joel and Ellie characters specifically. Like it showed yeah. you like all these different parts of the world, and like the the, the cold open of one of the episodes that was all in Jakarta i thought was really cool yeah
1: i mean i think they so i've listened to a few of the episodes I, I would recommend the companion podcast that hbo put out as well i think it's just called the last of us podcast but craig Mazin, who's the showrunner for the show <coughs> and neil uh, who also did chernobyl uh, and neil Druckmann, who was the lead uh, whatever it is designer or whatever on of the, the game. game the head of the game um both i believe both parts uh he is—he's sort of a co-showrunner. You with know, Craig I'm Gerson, ahead so. of the game
0: in a lot of respects yeah? as well. How so? I'm just you know on on the forefront of a lot of things. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. Um, and so they do this podcast, and um, but ours is better. So don't listen to theirs; just listen to ours. But um, but they talk a lot about uh, how like <clears throat> you know choices that they had to make between. The game and and the podcast uh, mm. and the podcast and the f- and the and the series and um <laughs> one of the hard rules that they had for themselves in the game was basically you you are hard locked into either Joel's perspective or Ellie's perspective, they 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 never have like the entire game is witnessed through either of those two characters. Yeah, areas. yeah, yeah. And so in you can the like
0: series, completely depart from that, th- and yeah. they
1: do, which I think is really great. Um, so you know some of the best uh content in the series is is when you get these deep dives on other characters, um, yeah, whether like the, or not um, they were old imp- characters from the series or new ones that they've introduced for the purposes of, um, you know, the, the television show. So,
0: yeah, like, like that's the scenes like with, the, I think it's Melanie Linsky's character, where so, she's yeah. like the, um, the leader of like what in the game is just like the grunts in the city that you mm. are just like cannon fodder for you. But mm. in the, in the, in the TV show, they sort of have to set up a reason why there's this like, Militia in the city that you have to fight. I thought I, I thought a lot of the really interesting things that it did was um. There's a few people in my office that watch it that I've never played the games so right. they were really compelled by it, which I was surprised by because I think there's certain parts of it where I thought like, and I think it's a fair criticism. There isn't really that many zombie bits in it, like in it's the lots series. Of, yeah, there's lots no. of small scale human relationship stuff that makes me feel like it doesn't really depict the huge zombie catastrophe in as great a detail as i th- i think it could and i think that maybe mm. that's like me hyper analyzing it because i've i'm very familiar with it and i'm trying to think about like oh what's missing from the show so i'm surprised that a lot of the people i spoke to without playing the game were completely sold on it
1: i think that's more interesting from a gameplay perspective though but i think that would very quickly get quite old in Mm. the series.
0: I think it would... And I suppose The Walking Dead's kind of... Ironically.
1: Yeah, but I think it would ironically feel more like something like John Wick if uh, you were just watching Joel like merc fucking clickers for 20 minutes. Um, So I think it's always been a little bit about... uh, Or or I think the focus of the games has always been uh, the human relationships. Mm. I think the second game, uh, part two... Really, like doubles down on that, which is why there's so much of that game is cutscene. Yeah, which not a criticism. I think it's great. It's just uh, a lot of story.
0: You were you were talking earlier about like um learning different like writing tricks and things, but screenwriting. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most interesting things about the Last of Us TV show um, is how quickly and I think believably it built the positive relationship between Joel and Ellie's character. Yeah. Um, like they only have seven hours to do it, eight hours to do it. Um, Half of that probably based on how much screen time those characters actually have in the show. And obviously there's way more time and lots of just passive dialogue as you're like wandering through cities to get that more believably fostered in the game. But whereas in a TV show, I would just be curious to see like line to line, scene to scene, doing some sort of like graph on like Joel's feeling towards Ellie because I feel like Ellie is like herself the whole time. Mm. And it's she has to win Joel over. And I think that like between the second and then the fourth episode and maybe the fifth episode, there's that bit with a joke book. And I think that is what
1: Mason specifically talks about. I think it's that, yeah, right. When he she reads she tells him one joke and he doesn't go to sleep. Yeah. And uh he really laughs at it and when he wakes up he's rolled over and he's covered his good ear and so that's why uh, they get snuck up on and it's because he lets his guard down because he's connected to her yeah on like a really human level which is really great and that's a that's a, that's a little fucking mazen trick. Is you uh, you teach them a lesson. I, I mean, I don't think it's amazing, but <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, you teach them a lesson, or you're trying to teach them a lesson, mm. and they don't want to learn. Yeah. And then uh, the first time they ever really behave that way for the first time in the series, you fucking kick them while they're down and you really yeah. punish them for it. Well,
0: I, I can't remember the time on it, but I think he also does it maybe a bit early than that it, it's, it's whenever they're in the gas station uh, and he's like siphoning fuel out of the car. So mm. I just remember that whole scene the, and then on the, the road trip they go from there. Um Uh, I just remember I think it's like a couple jokes where it's like the first joke he doesn't really laugh at and the second or third one he does and so I think it's like literally scene to scene I think there's like one scene that transitions between like grumpy Joel and happy Joel Mm. but I think that the it's a testament to the writing that you don't really notice it doesn't
1: feel like a
0: Cl- like a clunky gear shift in their characters' relationships. Yeah, I think like a it certain, feels really smooth and believable.
1: I think you're right, but also there's certain things that are helping them out there. Like um, the audience, uh, you, you know. Like I think the show actually has a fair bit of time passed between those two scenes. Even if they were only like the, even if they were the concurrent or the the, the first and second scene between seen, the I mean. two of them, yeah. uh, enough time has passed that you, your brain just kind of goes like. Oh, she must have worn him down gradually. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, still, I mean that you know the choice of what to include when you've got such a limited, um, uh, a limited amount of pages as as is in a yeah. limited series. It's is, a really it elegant way of doing it.
0: I think I was just really I was yeah. I was really ready to be skeptical about them not about them like forcing that, mm. and I was surprised at how natural I felt it to be.
1: Yeah, I do feel like they already had a fair bit of their. Um, this is not to undermine the work that Mason did or anyone that worked on adapting the scripts from the game, but I think they had a very strong template to cut from. Oh yeah, but like the you know. more
0: the more that you cut, the, the like every little bit of dialogue like builds their relationship and makes it more believable and makes mm. it feel like a more natural conversation that they're having over the course of the story. And the more the more you cut, the more the harder it is to go from like Joel is this hardened mercenary and she's cargo to like. Um, she's Joel's daughter kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think the really, like, beautiful dynamic is is just that Ellie is so endearing that yeah. Um, <clears throat> as an audience member, you, you almost feel like Joel's natural state and anyone's yeah, yeah. natural state that's hanging around Ellie, where she likes them, the natural state would be to, like, fall in love with this person and just, like, want to be friends with her or take care of her or whatever. And so for Joel to be resisting that is a point of like f- friction for the like audience. It requires effort for him as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. So I think what it is 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 not um <clears throat> it's not an effortful building but rather him relaxing and uh yeah. setting his armor aside yeah. for a minute. And so I think that that is because of like Bella Ramsey's performance because of the writing of Ellie as a character um I think it is very natural for the audience to just go like well yeah of course she's gonna win you over this is such a such a great person yeah and um and then it's what they do about that that's really interesting as well I think so Yeah. yeah um Good I really enjoyed show. it uh, It's so it's done now and I think the second series isn't out until like 2025 <laughs> so oh, uh, a yeah. bit of bit of uh, yeah sit a little asses down and wait and they've just um, like ba-
0: without, basically without missing a week or maybe skipping one week they've now started Succession season mm, 4 I haven't so seen it, any of that it really yeah. not letting me cancel my fucking binge subscription <laughs> anytime soon <It's laughs> yeah. very <annoying>. please please <laughs> I'm enjoying I know you haven't seen any I'm enjoying season 4 so well so yeah it's really yeah good. Definitely, definitely but the final season that. of Succession as well
1: yes so they say so I'm very interested to see how this one wraps up I think I would be a lot less keen if they hadn't announced this was this is the last one because I feel like oh how long are they gonna fucking? yeah it just could have gone on forever but the fact that this is like they're gonna have to start like Mm. fucking uh tying up loose ends I'm really enjoying it so far uh, it's good shit great yeah yeah right. so keen on that so Probably the last thing good little world in television land right now the final thing that I wanted to talk about
0: uh, something else I'm watching on uh, SBS On Demand actually is have you heard of this show Alone uh, no so there's several seasons it's like a reality television show uh, oh yes <laughs> but there's several <laughs> several seasons yeah I've heard about oh, it oh it's real <laughs> Uh, there's several seasons of it on American TV and it's basic the premise is they find some place out in the middle of the fucking wilderness in the middle of nowhere it'll be like in the jungles of South America or in like Alaska or in in the middle of fucking nowhere Mm. um and they get 10 volunteers who all fancy themselves to be like normal everyday people that all fancy themselves to be like survivalists survival experts or big time campers or whatever um And they they leave you. They leave all ten contestants uh, separate enough that they'll never see each other in the middle of some wilderness area. And the uh, the aim of the game was to just survive as long as possible.
1: Nice. Uh, And uh, the last at any point in time, any of these contestants can pull the ripcord. Yeah, they have a satellite
0: phone and they can call at any time and say, "Come get me," and they'll instantly be able to go home. Mm. Uh, And the last person to tap out wins. I think in this, so the the story that I'm leading up to is there's an Australian season set in Tasmania, right? Uh, The middle of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, the last person to tap out gets two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's nuts. There's was a lot of money. Um, I'm just looking so, up. Keep going. And so it's, it's cool. It's a cool show. And so I've, I've dipped in and out of some of the American seasons. But uh, to be honest, like the American, like, gun toten fucking survivalist culture kind of thing that a, every, inevitably every contestant would have just kind of annoyed me a bit. And I have never been able to get into sure, it. Sure, sure. This one's an Australian one. There's a few of those characters still. Um, uh, but I, I've decided to I'll watch this one right okay cool so there's two episodes out. It's going every week and it's oh, good so fun it's so far right yeah. yeah so there's ten there's ten uh, contestants one of them is like a, so I, I got into it because I listened to Daniel Sloss's podcast and him and his friends like to like have a little like uh, fantasy a, football like pool, style pop, yeah nice. a Deadpool kind of a thing about sticks. who they think so there's a couple guys that says well, one of the guys on there is like a they have their little intro films about themselves that like are sort of 90 second intros about them and this guy is like a hunting tour guide Jesus. And he says like, oh, me and my wife and my Sicko, kids, we right? all love hunting. Uh, I, I'm, I'm an alpha male. All I eat is meat. And this classic fucking guy. Um, I've never shot. In the first episode, he like fucks up putting his tent up and all his shit gets completely soaked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> it rules. And it's, it's, just, it's just really interesting to see different people's approaches to stuff. Like, Okay.
1: So now here's my question, which is I, th- I feel like a linchpin of the series. Yeah. Once you're down to the final two... And the second last person taps out. So you have your winner. Yeah Do they tell them?
0: <laughs> it's a good question I don't or know I've
1: never made it that Have you far got yet. yourselves a And this is what I was looking up A, a Hiro Unada situation <laughs> Which is the Japanese soldier That didn't <laughs> fucking know The war was over So They just That's let funny. him go For as long as they
0: will Well man so, so there's a couple people That tap out On like day one or two Yeah absolutely like, There's a guy that taps out After one night Because he's like Oh it's cold and raining and... <laughs> This actually sucks It sucks Yeah I didn't think about it Yeah But now that I'm doing it it sucks. There's a guy that taps out after like two days because it turns out he has he he's like gets really sick. He has COVID or something.
1: <laughs> he actually has
0: COVID. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't they, Fuck, they actually kinda don't really quite funny. address it right, but okay. like he doesn't kind of um yeah it's it's good so far though. There's there's like someone I I love the little subtle digs they take at the characters where like um because uh, they have so, an interesting thing because they're alone, they have to film themselves. Oh, okay, so They get given, like... like a Top Gun Maverick stan- kind of situation. Yeah, they get given standard survival gear. Like, everyone gets a tarp and a... a Leatherman or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they each get to pick ten survival yeah, things. Yeah, you get a loadout. Hell yeah. yeah, this rule. And so, like, every single one of them picks, like, this fire starting stick thing. Mm. Uh, every single one of them picks a sleeping bag. And then there'll be one crazy hippie lady who's, like... Um, I didn't pick a sleeping bag I'm taking my own Like hand woven Coat of possum skins Okay And it'll be like Linda is the only one Who didn't take a sleeping bag <laughs> Yeah And then it'll
1: cut to like Linda shivering In the middle of the night Yeah Yeah literally or, mm. or
0: there'll be like um, There'll be like All these different The first episode Will be everyone Trying to start fire And build shelter uh, And then this other Random guy Doing some crazy shit Instead And they'll be like Mark is the only one who didn't choose to Prioritise building a fire <laughs> <laughs> it'll be great Or there'll be like There'll be a guy like Walking past his GoPro Being like Oh man I'm so dizzy And it'll be like Disney, Dizziness could be caused By dehydration Or fever Or viral infection Great will be like yeah. Fuck Which one is it
1: What's gonna happen to Brendan Yeah Brendan so got meningitis Yeah
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah So it's it's good so far That's sick It's called Alone It's on SBS On Demand Managed to stretch out A fair chunk of Beefness I'll play Yeah, yeah so, we was good uh, there you go. Should we jump into talking about John Wick let's, Chapter 4? Let's get four? into it.
1: Let's get Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> let's get Johned. Let's get Wicked. What's that a pun on? I don't know. No, it's not. It's not? Well, not intentionally. I mean, maybe.
0: Right. Okay. Let's um, get Whacked. No. Just I like John Wick does to yeah, his victims. he does. They should, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should call him John Whack.
1: John Whack. <laughs> My phone auto corrects to John Quick. <laughs> which I think is very funny. <laughs> That's good shit. Uh. This hit goes out to you, Mr. Wick. Woke up this 42
2: regular, wasn't it? Yeah. And so it begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So I got mine, I hope you challenge no soul. into single combat. If you will, you'll have your freedom. And when I see you, I will take what I want. So Amen.
0: Okay, so, uh, John Wick, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh brand new movie that we just saw in cinemas uh, sort of a week or so ago as minted, we were recording this. Minted fresh. Uh, directed by Chad Stahelski. Mm-hmm.
1: Stahelski? I did, I did <laughs> it again. There, you'd, Chad Stahelski. You did a different variant this time, which I, yeah. which I appreciate.
0: <laughs> um, starring Keanu Reeves. Uh, the background, I think, if no one is familiar, is that I believe Chad Stahelski was... Uh, stunt man, stunt coordinator, second unit dude on the Matrix. Yes, and so him and Keanu go way back, and, and Lawrence Fishman. Yeah, and um, and so this is their fourth movie now in the John Wick series. Uh, just came out
1: recently. Uh, what'd you think? Um, I mean, yeah, I was. I, I'm. I'm a little colder on this one than I think you are. Um, I had a positive experience with this, but I am a little. Like I think I'm, I think I'm cold on the series. Uh, I felt like this one was. We can get more into it later, and I feel like it's more interesting to hear what you liked about it than it is to hear why it didn't really hit for me. But I think they've written themselves into a corner where they need to keep escalating every single thing in every single entrance into the series. Yeah. Um, which is like not a new problem for franchises. I think mean, Fast and Furious have had this like for about fifteen years now. Um. But personally, I didn't feel like uh, it It managed to do that in a way that I found very compelling. And I also found it kind of frustrating how invincible John Wick is in this one, which lowered the stakes for me because I liked in the earlier ones, especially in, like, number one and I guess number two, where you felt like it was like, this guy's going to fucking die. That's
0: fair. So I was um, talking about this with my dad just before. Um because I said, like, oh, Andrew didn't like it because it wasn't mm. believable. And Dad was like, oh, come on, what? It's John Wick. And, but but I, I agree with you. I think in the first season, you're right. Even though it's about this, like, shadow world of secret society of assassins, I think there's an amount of, like, groundedness to it where you're like, oh, yeah. he is vulnerable. And I agree that it gets sillier and sillier. But I think, like... I think it's doing the same thing as, like, Mission Impossible is doing. Where I was
1: just talking to Laura about this. Mission Impossible is a really interesting touchpoint. Come back to that. Yeah, yeah.
0: so th- those ones kind of get a bit sillier and a bit sillier. Like, the first yes. one is, like, a n- normal in like a 90s Cold War thriller, yeah. yeah. and I enjoy, I'm enjoying that. And I think, similarly, like, James Bond kind of does the opposite, where, like, mm. it starts out as a very silly action series. It's like series very camp. And then gets very grounded. And mm. so I
1: don't resent I think what we will is they, they kind of did said- a they kind of did a reboot right to Daniel Craig and so Casino Royale felt very grounded but I think they still have been Yeah still though well, yeah, yeah but I they mean- had to they had to push the reset button cuz they got to it got too big, of like as Pierce as well. Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they were like, "Fuck, we can't. Like, there's nowhere we can go from here. We have to, like, we got to hit the greedy reboot button. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. like, uh, go back for to sure, Daniel Craig. So. But so
0: I suppose what neither of us have said is like, so I, I really loved episode four, mm. the, uh, John Wick four, and
1: I, by the way, it's the best rated in the series by quite a long shot. So mm. even like I'm looking at Letterboxd, but even even beyond the first one, like I think all three of them are sort of sitting around like a three point seven out of five. Yeah, and. This this one is at a 4.1.
0: I mean, maybe that'll mellow out a bit with time. Maybe, but, uh, but even I, then. I really loved it. I had a lot of fun with it, but you're right. It is a lot sillier and you there's a lot more like suspension of disbelief type stuff um, that if you're expecting like a very realistic, like uh, Jason Bourne kind of action movie, yeah. it's no longer anywhere near going for that. No. So like uh, the example yeah. I would use is probably like one of the main characters is
1: this like blind guy that played by Donnie Yen, who yeah. interestingly is sighted and also plays that blind guy in Star Wars? <laughs>
0: Being typecast, yeah. Um, well, because like he's basically like Daredevil, and mm. in the da- but in the Daredevil universe, he's like a superhero with supernatural powers yeah. and like senses, and it's all explained through like superhero shit. Whereas in this, yep. they don't really explain it, and I get that it's it, it's almost this like. Asian
1: mysticism Yeah Unexplained ninja stuff uh, I'm not even gonna Fucking touch that But I think you're right I
0: think it's fun But yeah. there was like Most of the movie I, I spent watching that character Being like So is he Is he not actually blind Or what Yeah like,
1: like Is he slightly sighted Or what
0: And so he's He's blind But he just has Superhuman powers That it doesn't Ever really explain No No uh, and it doesn't and so, tell
1: you like, oh, he's relying on his hearing or whatever. It just goes like, no, he'll figure it out. He's yeah. w- he's he's in the club of best assassins, uh, North America. Yeah, exactly. And so, so he's like, he's really good. Just so trust there's, us. So there's an amount of silliness yeah. that I feel like
0: you have to just be on board with. Uh, and being on board with that, I had a
1: ton of fun with this movie. Yeah, and and Absolutely this may surprise the listener who who knows me well, but yeah, um, but I have trouble. <laughs> When it comes to silliness in films, because I need it to, like, I can suspend my disbelief in, in like, I don't know, there's just, there's sort of, I I haven't figured it out about myself yet, but mm. there's some films that do it, like, I don't know, the fucking, the Matrix, as like a touch point, is like, for some reason, that's a way more high order concept, and my brain just goes like, yep, sure. Whereas, like, in this one, it's like, I don't, that's not real. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know.
0: maybe I, I think one of the things I like the most about the John Wick series is that they sort of explore and expand the universe more and more with each movie. Yeah, it's a but series I, for law masters. I yeah. suppose maybe in some respects, and I'm not. I'm sort of thinking as I go here, but like with the Matrix, I guess they're sort of established kind of clear rules, and then they don't. I don't remember two and three, but my sense is that they they don't really. There's sort of some sort of eternal logic and consistency, and they're not expanding the rules of the matrix all that much is like extra lore and you learn about like the the real world and all that stuff but like it's not like they're like um oh now this is extra chunks of the matrix bit that, that changes the way that they behave or whatever uh, it's a tough in,
1: comparison to make I
0: suppose so. but in yeah. this like I can see what you mean about them being like oh and now there's this marquee and he
1: makes these rules about this and oh and now there's this extra rule about how you do the that stuff isn't what I necessarily have a problem with. I didn't think it was like making it up as they go well along. But I, I mean, yeah, the the sure mm. like the, the the lore is not any of the stuff that I really had a problem with in this in this whole thing. Because um, there's st- there's stuff where you are like. So
0: one of the things that I when it happened on screen, yeah, ha- I was like, oh come on! It's like he falls down a set of stairs. Yeah, and then gets up and keeps going, and you think like, "Oh, sh- shut the fuck up! <laughs> Come on, yeah." <laughs> He's, apparently, they actually shot that, and the stunt oh, yeah. the stuntman like actually took that fall, which down, was like, like an insane fall, a hundred flights of stairs or whatever. Yeah,
1: um, um, this is uh, I mean, my 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 problem, my thing. So, uh, chatting to um to a friend of the show and previous guest Laura about this, um, uh, and I saw it with hopefully upcoming guest Lou, who I think <laughs> was also like uh a little bit kind of like skeptical of all of it. Um, I think it probably also like influenced my, the way that I watched it was I, I think both of us were just kind of like not really, not really getting sucked in by the whole thing. Mm. Um, so uh, what I enjoy about the John Wick series and what I think, so they've got this, they've got this problem, right? Where um, I'm going to try and like recap a bit of a discussion that we had uh, pretty quickly, which is, which just kind of explains, I think what she doesn't mind about it. And sorry if I kind of like misconvey this idea uh, these ideas, Laura, because I know you'll probably listen to this episode. But um, uh, what she doesn't mind about it, but what I had a problem with, and what I see that is the is the issue that they're grappling with that that means that I personally, subjectively, am not a fan of what they did, is that each each entrance in the series has to go above and beyond the previous one in the series, and um, you've got the simplest option for that, which is just like pulling the more guys lever right but then you also have um, the like more elaborate sequence option which is like where you create so you, you basically are throwing the main character into an environment where the rules of the engagement are modified Oh um, well, yeah, well, it's like, like in, in the third one where they they barrel into accidentally they barrel into a knife shop and none of them have any ammo or whatever or they can't get their guns out or whatever. So they have to Or like in Mission fight. Impossible
0: where he's suddenly flying a helicopter or
1: whatever. Right, yeah. and, and like the example that comes to mind from Mission Impossible, which is just such a memorable thing, is that it's whichever one in the middle of the series where he's got to go into that underwater environment. It's like a water cooled supercomputer thing, mm. and he has to like plug a USB in or I don't something. Think I've seen and that it's, one. It's like uh, so. It's like a seven-minute long take where Tom Cruise is underwater the whole time and has right. to like um, rescue someone, and or there's two of them that are meant to go down there, and one of them gets knocked out, so he's got to do the thing, but also rescue the person. And it's like, I think when I think I'm engaged, I continue to be engaged when you change the rules of what he has to do. So you put him in a little underwater like. F- donut flush basin thing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Throw John Wick into a shop where there's only knives. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You know and and the the catch is there's so many knives. Everyone <laughs> has so many fucking knives. Yeah. That's great. But when the when the thing that you're doing to escalate is just there's just more guys. It, it completely loses me because I, didn't I just really get, get bored. I
0: didn't really get more guys out of, out of this. I, I thought, so the action sequences, I agree, there's a lot of bullshit where it's just like, oh, how much can one man do? I feel like the that's the bit where I was- same thing happens like a hundred yeah, times. That's the bit that I was happy to suspend my disbelief with because in yeah. the same way as I was like, oh, he's James Bond, he's he's Jason Bourne, whatever. Like, mm. I don't, Fine, he's the best guy that's ever done it. Yeah. But I really liked um, exploring the different like like a like about an hour of the movie happens inside the Osaka Continental Hotel. Mm. And so there's all these the fight between all the um the sort of people that work for the I don't know whether they're ninjas or whatever, they're not, but like the the people that work for the Osaka Continental Hotel that like have like samurai swords and shit and they're fighting off the Yeah, yeah. the Marquis guys and there's this huge fight scene that happens in the Japanese hotel. I thought that was great and it gave them an, an excuse to do some like hyper stylized uh Japanese style action sequences uh, and the visuals I thought gave them an an excuse to sort of um, do the more guys thing but in different settings with different sort of stylistic quirks which I really liked. Mm. I thought one of the big things about this movie that every single one I notice it about how well they do it is the the stunt sequences and the fight scenes have really long takes. It doesn't do that Hollywood thing where there's lots of cuts to make it look like the hits aren't Really, that real? Like, yeah. there are three to four to five second cuts uh, where they're actually doing it. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is you got you got to admit that if every, everything in this movie, the the stunts and the coordination and the choreography for all the fights is so good.
1: Oh yeah, I think it would be like a markedly worse movie. And I, I like of all of my criticisms of it, and just the fact that it... I mean, like, I gave it three out of five. Like, it's it's a it was a positive experience for me. It just. Mm. I was surprised how well this one was received because I personally felt like it was the weakest in the series by quite a long way. But what I was going to say, sorry, I agree with you. I think that the work that the people, that the creatives are doing is very impressive. I think... um, so I was listening to an interview with Chad Stahelski, and he said one of the things that they do differently that other stunt crews and whatever the, I can't remember his production company name. It's a weird name. It's like A one eleven or whatever, A one yeah. fourteen or whatever. But what his company does is they don't treat it like fighting. They they treat it like dancing. He says like basically, um, if uh, an excellent uh, kickboxing fighter. Um, if you're an excellent kickboxing fighter, but you can't remember five moves, five steps, five choreography steps, you're useless in our movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. We we don't we don't really fight. Where we kind of do dance choreography, mm. and so we need to know two hundred moves in a in a row, and it's two hundred dance moves that mm. look like fighting. They're not fighting in a beautiful way yeah. so I think it's really interesting that like basically and that's what it feels like it feels choreographed that's why they can do these like extended takes everyone is hitting their marks at the right time it looks fantastic they, he talked about how and this is one of the reasons why I think people in these movies wear like masks or whatever so often or maybe they have like different hair and makeup and stuff but he says there's like people that are very very good at it and he says if you look closely or it's you, like the same four people it's like there's like 10 guys that are all always the ones that are around Keanu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. Like, those are like the guys that he's trained with. Yeah. And so, you know, if they're wearing like the combat armor or whatever, you just don't notice. But they're like, they're the guys that are good at remembering what the fuck they need to do in the dance sequence. Yeah. They're like a type of professional dancer. That's which cool. I think it's really interesting. And, um, and like the cinematography and the VFX work in all of these movies it and the so way sick. that it is choreographed and the way that all of the pieces fall into the puzzle is like obviously best in class just to the point where sometimes it almost becomes the wallpaper where you just don't notice how much fucking work and effort and technique went into achieving that. Yeah. And I think that's incredible. So like zero criticism of all of that shit. Um, I, I, I feel like I, uh, you know, I kind of almost went into this movie like looking for the wrong thing because it's not like I was looking at a John Wick movie Thinking, like, it's not going to do what it says on the tin. But I suppose I just wish that it had... I think each... Like, so, these movies tend to work kind of like video games where, like, he's got... He has to fight his way through a lot of henchmen. Yeah, yeah. To, like, get to the next boss or get to the next level. And I think um, each... I think in this movie there were, like, too many henchmen. (laughs) I think each thing didn't really do anything different enough that if he'd done like 50% of the killing guys before he got to the big thing, I would have been much happier with it.
0: I think so, but I also, I also kind of, I never felt that it was too repetitive. Yeah, that's, yeah. I I completely get why that would be annoying to someone, but I feel like half of the fun was just watching him clean up these guys and, like, one of my favorite, uh, I was just going to shift to something. I I I can see why it would annoy you, but I just for whatever reason on the day I watched it I didn't know yeah, uh, like, I Yeah, mean. Which I think I'm, you know, it's just specific, yeah. subjective thing. We were yeah. talking off the air about like Triple R and about how it's just mm. this silly cheese ball action movie. And Maybe I was just in the mood for another one of those. Sure. Yeah. I loved I kind of love uh like there was a lot of lines in this movie that were kind of corny and like an 80s action movie kind yeah, of way. Like yeah. I wrote a few down just so I could have some examples, but there's like um uh John Wick meets uh Lawrence Fishburne's character in some random sewer in Paris to like get his gear and he presents him with like a really nice gun mm. and he goes, How'd you get this gun? And Lawrence Fishburne goes, I know I know a guy or knows a guy who killed a guy. Yeah. yeah. Which is like <laughs> kind of a lame right. line. <laughs> there was another one where um they um I think it's uh fucking Bill Skarsgard's character mm. is talking about whoever and says there are three kinds of people in this world those who have something to live for those who have something to die for and those who have something to kill for and kane is all three and yeah I was like, well- <laughs> and then is <laughs> and then, then his, I guess, he's contradicting himself yeah but i
1: guess the bright and i guess the point is um like john wick is none of those so he has no purpose anymore which i think is like r- the real like Thematic through line that this movie kind of grapples with is like, and that's why a bunch of characters ask him like repeatedly, they're like, But when do you, when are you done? When yeah. does this end? And he, to- uh, what are you doing now? Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't personally feel like the series comes up with a particularly good answer to that question.
0: Well, I think Ch- Chad Stahelski, um, in one of the interviews I watched, was talking about the idea that like, um, he wanted John Wick to be facing consequences for his bullshit that are, like, consequences that affect other people. Yeah. And so this is the movie where, like, in the Osaka Hotel, like, his daughter takes him aside uh, and is like, you know, the fact that you, we have to help you means that, like, my father's going to be, like, he's going to, like, cop the blame
1: for this shit and he's going to have to, like, suffer because of not his. Bullshit. Sorry, just not, if you haven't seen not his daughter. It's the daughter of a friend of yeah, his. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she she exactly. She takes so it aside a, and is like, if you because you're here, my father is mm. now in like mortal peril.
0: And so there's a few the, he's so the director sort of says like, Oh, and so he has John Wickest can like, make amends for that stuff. Right. I didn't really get a lot of that out of this movie. I I feel like In a lot of the interviews I watch Chad um, Chad's to help whatever Chad Chad. Mr. Chad He sort of comes across as a bit of a dumb guy (laughs) I think I, I, I think he's Yeah sure There was an interview where he talked about like how he started writing this movie without any idea for the plot He just Sort of cool set pieces.
1: Interesting. Was like,
0: I'll think of a plot later. Yeah, kind of thing. That is how it feels. Like, he said, like, oh, I I wanted to have like a blind swordsman, and I wanted to have a whole sequence yeah. set in Japan, uh, and I wanted to have like, and he came up with all these other set pieces that went in the movie. Like he said, like, I want snowmobiles. Right, uh, but in the city because blood looks cool on snow, and I want a whole underwater sequence because underwater sequences are cool. I, yeah, I want to do it better than Thunderball did it, uh, and so he was just had all these ideas for all these extra sequences, um, which is charming and cool because that's the, clearly the bit that he does. But I just didn't I didn't think it means that when I'm going into it, I'm not watching it for the, as much for consciously paying attention to the character developments and
1: stuff. i know uh, like i'm not consciously thinking about like oh i wonder where john wick is in terms of the uh, uh t- central thematic argument of this movie mm. but what it means is you when there's doing a f- you but when there's a fight <laughs> scene i'm thinking like i i kind of after a while it's not a it's not a conscious mm. thought but i start to feel i'm like why is he doing this yeah and and actually like i mean it's something like so okay he reaches a point where he's he's at Uh, he's at point A geographically and his goal is to get to point B before sunrise in the city of Paris Mm. and so like what that then is like a very clear goal right because it's like he has to get from point A to point B and so I guess when I start to struggle is like if I can't feel like he's getting closer or being held back from that goal. The staircase sequence that you're talking about is, like, a very good visual illustration of, like, literally how much progress he's making. It's like, is he near the top of the staircase or is he near the bottom of the staircase? And it's a fucking long staircase. So, like, that kind of stuff works for me. Some of the ways that they played that sequence, I thought, like, oh, come on. (laughs) Right, and... and, Yeah, exactly, but I felt like it went on for too long. So, again, the too many guys problem for me. But it... Things like when he's in the club with the German dude, and uh, I think he was German. I don't know. The accent work in this movie was fucked. With the car, yeah, with the <laughs> like card with, table. Why Bill Skarsgård it has an American accent, but yeah. he is... Swedish I think yeah, I think he's playing A French guy And he's playing A French guy It's like why yeah. I don't care that That guy's French Just, Just make, make him s- Fucking American Make him Swedish It's a cares. fucking International movie I don't yeah. care Just make him Bill Skars I, I hate when they do that yeah. Anyway <laughs> And that was, that another, was another example Of like a dumb guy Where he's like Let's get a Let's like this Cool French guy And, yeah. the, and then let's Cast an A-list American Yeah Bill Skars like, guy Is not American he has an American accent he has his a- when he talks in interviews he's got the accent he has in uh, fucking um, barbarian okay he sounds American so my point is he could be either I don't care but it, but he's not fucking French so yeah. I just don't know why they do this shit I don't mind the accents Who the German the accent? I don't know the, the, the German um, like card poker guy just sound, seemed like a like so cartoonish. That man. was, a, like, that was the bit was, that was the That oh. was the one
0: bit that really annoyed me when the blind guy knew what cards he
1: had. Yeah, I. Do, I, I mean, how I do don't you know, know what cards I, he had. Or, or, yeah, sure. <laughs> like add it to the list. You know what I mean? And like, I get that people are like, I. I kind of think sometimes this movie goes like, well, that's what's cool is that you have no idea how we figured it out. It's like, yeah, but. But I'm the audience, <laughs> like. But I'm the audience. You need you actually need to do the thing for me. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> like I, <laughs> no, I do I hold that privileged no, position. This, where the sorry, author brother. Of the this movie rules. Can't ruled. just be like, uh, uh, you don't need to know. It's like, no, no. no. I need to know. <laughs> no, this movie, you don't need to know. This movie ruled. Sorry, yeah. wrong. They um. But anyway, so like, uh, I think like when when it works for me is when them that he's like moving towards the goal very clearly and when there's an interesting twist that means that he can't fight in the same way as he normally would be able to fight and when it's just a thousand men shooting at his bulletproof suit and, and yeah. nothing fucking happens i really got bored like properly bored that was I, I was never i was never bored and again i understand
0: why i don't know i, I in the movie ruled the movie fucking ripped he, he's he's the terminator yeah, he's, he's I think a juggernaut, yeah.
1: which is not what I personally want. Yeah.
0: I loved, I loved the extra characters, and I think that the, the one of the things that Chad was talking about in interviews was like deliberately trying to take a step away from John Wick and show mm-hmm. other characters a sure, lot more yeah, in the movie. Yeah. And I think, I think the blind character, aside from the fact that it was annoying that he was,
1: and nobody, the the guy with the dog, does
0: that quite yeah, well. Yeah, he was sure. great. Um, a lot of the scenes with the dog uh, were fantastic, and apparently mm-hmm. they brought him. One of the reasons they brought him back was, but just because they loved working with the dog so much on the previous movie. Yeah, which is cool. Um, yeah. I loved it, man. My favourite sequence in the whole film was easily the top-down That's shot. That's everybody's favourite sequence. It was an yeah, incredible sure. sequence. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, everyone's referring to that as the Hotline Miami sequence, which is because it looks a lot like a video game that is from that I think perspective. you're referring to it as the no, Hotline no, Miami No, no. There sequence. are, like, look, look up John Wick Hotline Miami. There's, like, 80 articles about how it wasn't inspired by hotline miami (laughs) and it was that he um he wanted to do a top down sequence but he couldn't find any movies that did it in the way that he wanted so then he googled like top down video games and there was this one i think it's like it's hong kong something or other hong kong rush or some shit and um he he said like that one that's this feels how i want it to feel and it's a game that came out in like 2019 so i think it was heavily inspired by hotline miami (laughs) Anyway, yes. That sequence was fucking Incredibly good shot. When I was watching that... So, this is the way that I actually ended up watching the movie. And and it was most manifest in that particular sequence. um, Was... I was just watching it for like... Oh, I wonder how they did that. Like, how did they... How did the stunt guys do that? Was that a full controlled burn? Do I think that was VFX? Uh, Were they like... Like, where is the... You know, like, how many people are there actually coming in and doing this? Was this a one take or is it digitally stitched together? And that... Uh, that top-down sequence mm. I found like really fascinating because I, I thought like they must have done it on a studio lot. Yeah. So, they built all of that, which is really cool. But then also, um, I was wondering, I was trying to figure out like, is that like a, it's not a cam. They didn't fly a drone around because it's, it's way crane, too stiff. Kinda. Not a crane. It was a Spider-Cam, which is what I thought. They use them at like sports games on the four cables. And so, they had that camera like rigged up on like, a bunch of cables and so they could, that meant that they could start lowering, like lowered down into the rooms and it was oh on just on like right. a head that they could angle up with how like a is fucking that different joystick. A crane? What's, well, it's a completely different machine. No, because it's the like crane you could like have, have an arm, you could have
0: an arm go in and out and rotate it around and yeah. move it around. Like it's, functionally it's the same and thing. And a crane well.
1: sort of sits on the ground so it has to drive places.
0: No, like a big arm, a camera on the end of a big, a big like, like, like robot arm thing.
1: Mm. Yeah. like one that's like fifty meters long,
0: like thirty meters long,
1: like thirty meters long. <laughs> <laughs> and you reckon that's more or less expensive than four cables? I mean, fine. So it's because it's, so it's cheaper the way that it's I mean, no, it's The pro- answer it's to my more, question it, is that it's cheaper. It solves the problem better, but also yes, it's probably cheaper than right. building a building a crane that's the biggest crane you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, no. It. Um, truth be told, it's it's probably. Uh, uh the no, you fact see those big arms like that? Shut it starts. It starts in the room. So y- you think about how the crane arm would have to go like through the walls. This one has yeah, no point. Ceiling. It has no point of contact with the ground. Yeah,
0: neither does it, you know.
1: but why would you rig a crane to a ceiling? That's crazy. Trust me. I'll draw a picture for you later. You're being a moron. Um, well, I'm clearly not because they did what I said <laughs> <laughs> and not what you're saying they should do. So yeah. anyway, it's like, it, I thought it was interesting that this like spider cam tech is coming in because they also use that in Avatar uh, for the, like when they needed a face, like an eyeline to be like nine feet up, they put this screen with the performance from the motion capture cameras of the person's face right. up where the person would need to look at mm. where the avatar's face is. And they used a spider cam setup, which I thought was just yeah. really interesting because it's the second like action movie I've seen that that did this. So yeah, anyway, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And I just I really like watching these kind of movies to figure out like how the sausage is made. That's fair. Um, I would love to watch a the
0: making of thing for this. That'll be that'll be sick.
1: Yeah, after we after we all came out of the cinema, I saw it um, with my girlfriend's family and she was like uh or sorry, I was talking to um, her dad afterwards. And he was like, oh, but does that ruin movies for you? And I kind of, I didn't want to say like, I didn't, it's because I didn't enjoy it, which wouldn't have been entirely true. But I said like, I will, I if a story is really engaging me, generally I'm not really thinking about that kind of stuff. Whereas I guess in this, there was enough, like the story wasn't there. So I was watching the action and trying to figure yeah. out how they did it. So yeah, anyway. So like, like I said, it was it was interesting, and I really like listening to how they came up with all of that stuff. But just I, I just want them to make more like more like the first John Wick movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I'm keen to see. So there's a you, you
0: want an action scene, and then John Wick beforehand explains explicitly in excruciating detail exactly how, how he's going to do it. <laughs> I, he's going to be like, here's my suit. Here's exactly what the suit's made out of. Here I are don't the bike guy's s- bullets. Here's exactly what they're made out of. Here's the speed the bullets are flying at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. uh yes exactly I want you want to, the bad guys to i be want i want to know the the barrel diameter yeah, yeah. you want <laughs> the bad guys to be
0: firing and there'll be a constant number of how many shots they have
1: left in the chamber i think like people this is a shitty criticism to level at scripts but people will often and especially when there's like a female character uh, uh, Here we go. Uh, with like a mary sue character where it's like they're invincible they have plot armor they can do anything i think john wick is like that and, and I just yeah. think to me that isn't interesting at all. It's just like a screensaver. Well, I, sp- I suppose so. I don't know. That, that to me, like in this, l- in literally, this case I, I I am in the I am in a vast minority of mm. like audience reception to this. Most people love this movie, yeah. and I think. Listener, you, don't, you don't have to keep putting you that will caveat probably,
0: on it. I think no one's being like, oh. I don't want people to know. Andrew no- says the movie's objectively bad. Right, but I'm, don't not, worry about I'm not
1: recommending people don't go and see the movie. I'm not saying it's not worth your time. I'm just explaining why I personally didn't enjoy it as much as the other ones in the series. I don't really remember... 3 I don't think I was that hot. On I don't three. think I don't
0: think either, I think this is way better than 3. 2
1: 2 and 1 are, are probably like yeah. standouts in the series. I think I still prefer the first one out of all yeah. of them. But you know, most people or like audience averages on most sites I've seen are rating this one much higher than the I first. I think this is I think this I got a tiny little spoiler section about that. So, it's interesting. but yeah, Okay, we ahead. can open up
0: a spoiler section now then because I was sure. going to say, it so says spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. Put its time code in the description to skip the spoilers. Yeah. One of my favorite bits that I suppose is nice to have as a surprise is like when he's, when he's on the run, he's trying to get from where the boat drops him off to the church. Yeah. Um... I love that whole sequence. Mm. It rules. I loved it. I think that it was actually filmed around the Arc de Triomphe part of it. Yeah, I And then it's f- it's, 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 yeah. finished... I was checking a the Wikipedia page then and then, like, finished it at an airfield somewhere. So, sure, part of it yeah. was at the Arc de Triomphe. Mm. Um, I love that, like, they've ratcheted it up to, like, 11 out of 10 so that by episode four, this, like... The, the secret assassins guild Has like their headquarters In the fucking Eiffel Tower Like just is in also, the middle of it It rules What the no, fuck it
1: rules It's, cr- it's so insane so That is maybe the most insane they, thing In the they, entire that was my movie my favourite bit about it Like that- I've been there. They have it a, doesn't look like they that. they have a radio
0: station in the, in the in the center of the Eiffel Tower, broadcasting their like assassin radio station oh, to the it's whole city. So crazy! And then like the radio station is just this, this like just this like hot black lady, and it's oh it's only filming her like lips as so she's like, all right, you
1: l- lads and she's ladies, very sultry. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's uh, lads and ladies out there, and she's like only talking to John Wick think, for some of it. Do you
1: ever see her full face? No, I literally you, think it's only, only her the mouse. lips. It's so. And then like
0: weird. the songs that she plays on the radio line up with the shit. What's like going, it's on? like nowhere to run, baby, and then it <laughs> plays uh, the nowhere to run. To baby, yeah. and then the bit where she's like, "We're gonna paint this whole town red," and then, and they, then play they play it, paint, it paint it black. black
1: yeah. <laughs> get the fuck <laughs> no, out of rules. here, dude! It rules. That's so. Oh, it
0: was so stupid, and I loved it. So stupid. There was about uh, the bit with the muscle car where he knocks both doors off just because it looks sick. Pretty to be funny. A muscle car with no doors <laughs> on. Yeah.
1: When the second door got knocked off, I was yeah. like, "That's." That yep. is funny. That's that's a good bit. It rules. But yeah. Um, what was your spoilery bit? The spoiler is like the whole ending thing of the film. So like the idea, so uh, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But if not, uh, so there's this like super, uh, super um, old uh, unknown caveat in the rules where John Wick can like cancel his, the hit that's out on his head if he wins a duel under very specific circumstances. And so he and Donnie Yen have to do like a proper old school Pistols at 30 paces duel at the end of the movie. And uh, the whole Paris sequence is trying to stop him from getting to the duel so he'll be disqualified. Because they're worried that he'll win. Because they think he'll win because he's John Wick and he wins everything forever and he's always going to (laughs) win. So uh, number one, and this is again purely subjective so I'm sorry if they, if you didn't think this but I thought the entire sequence of the duel looked fuck ugly it looked like I it thought was it looked like the ending of a Marvel movie it was like clearly shot on like a volume or a sound stage or something I think they didn't shoot it at sunrise obviously yeah it and looked they, it looked, looked weirdly lit it looked I, so fucking ugly that it was to the point where it was distracting me the entire time you it looked about it. it looked really bad like I think it I think it's this movie has the budget. I I I assume that it looking that bad means they reshot it or something. They couldn't have filmed it
0: at sunrise. No, they could have.
1: This film has the budget. It's not a hard scene. This film has the budget to do that. That would have had to do
0: like multiple sunrises. Yeah. They would have had to be there at sunrise for like three Oh, weeks. what, they would have
1: had to shoot for four days? <laughs> do you think? Yeah, fine. Like, and you can color grade in post and stuff. Like, I, I know, and it's a long oh, sequence. Oh, man, that would be I fucked. Fucked. I get it. Like, all the setup to be able to like shoot for like three minutes a day for like... it. Even if they didn't shoot it at sunrise or sunset, it, it, it looked... So stylized that it was ugly, and You're it didn't right, it look looked like different. sun sunrise to me. It looked like, it looked like Constantine. Like, a like it was like apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, it was so. And I, I guess like maybe they were just going for like a more emotional vibe yeah. kind of feeling, but it broke me out of it so hard. I, I was out, and I know that that's a, such a mm. nerdy, stupid complaint, but it really looked fucking so weird. The bit at the end that broke the.
0: Had me raising an eyebrow was the whole technicality about how he wins.
1: Yeah, he did where shoot. he
0: didn't shoot. It was yeah. like yeah, because he got fucking shot in the stomach and fell down. Like, but he intentionally
1: it's not, didn't shoot.
0: Yeah, but like it's not like they know that. Like it's like if he had almost if he had, was about to lose the duel. Yeah. because he got shot in the stomach and collapsed out of pain or whatever. Mm. That's the same, and it's not like it's like oh no. As soon as he's feeling fine, he's allowed to get up and shoot whoever
1: again. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe in the maybe buried deep in the dual rules That's of clause the... book, it's like oh, you have to wait until he shoots, and then his That's, turn is over. That
0: was the bit where it was like I in the same way as you watch like a murder mystery, and you can't. It was a Deus Ex Machina thing, right? I just didn't really. Oh, I
1: knew he didn't shoot. I like I literally saw him collapse and thought, oh, he chose not to shoot. I just thought he didn't shoot because he didn't want to kill Donnie Yan. Yeah. but he was saving the bullet fine that was that that felt like bullshit to me so the thing that yeah and look <laughs> i'm kind of surprised that i didn't feel <laughs> that same way about it but yeah, yeah d- i mean that was just like to me that just seemed like such an abrupt and weak payoff that yeah, it didn't yeah, really yeah. satisfy but what w- the thing this is this is again nerdy but uh, this was my lived experience so i didn't i wouldn't say i have control <laughs> over it i read an article before i went in that um, a producer on the movie had said, oh, we want to bring Keanu back for John Wick 5. And so, the whole way through, I was thinking, well, they're not going to kill him because Mm. either they have to do a prequel, which they can't, like, how much can they, like, de-age Keanu Reeves, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if a prequel is very viable. they're they're doing the Dark Knight Rises thing. But also, yeah, exactly. Then I thought, like, oh, so it's going to be, like, it's either a prequel or an ambiguous ending. And then when he gets shot, it's like, what's? It's an ambiguous ending, and I think he's still alive, and I think he's just done the Daniel Craig thing where he's like, or yeah, he, what? Uh, what did you say? The the, the Dark Knight, Dark Rise Knight thing. Rises. Dark Knight Rises. Sorry, where, he, where, where he's, he's like, like he Batman says he's like, is dead, right, but I'm alive. Exactly. Yeah. Well,
0: because yeah. I watched an interview where like um someone said like uh someone asked Chad, uh so is is. Uh, John Wick dead or what? Like, is is it going to be another one? And he goes, tee and, and he was like, tee I mean, I don't know. I mean, some people have asked me. He was like, some people are saying, like, yeah. uh, oh, like, John Wick is dead, but John is still alive. Yeah, so he, maybe you think that, or maybe I was like, brother, no one. He's saying, you know, I think it depends on what the accountants tell me. So they've, uh, there was a new story that I skipped over before, where, like, they said they, they'll
1: do a fifth one. Yeah. But so it's I like, hate it, John, man.
0: John Wick, uh, so John Wick, the character john wick the man right. john
1: Wick the the 007 or baba though. yaga yeah is no more yeah whatever so yeah. like honestly i'm not sure that would have changed some of the other complaints i had about the movie but it did completely neutralize the emotional payoff because i think i would have spent the rest of the movie if i didn't know that thinking oh maybe they will kill him i mean like another giant not to spoil another giant franchise but another giant franchise we talked about on the pod did kill off its main character recently. We kind of already knew that was... James Bond. We kind of already knew that that was, oh. was going to happen because yeah. it was like, this is the last movie this actor is doing in the series. But we weren't sure if it was going to do the Dark Knight Rises thing where it lets him mm. out or if it actually kills him. So I would have been emotionally invested in it. I that. honestly think, Whereas I mean, now it was like, I don't care. Keanu, I, I don't know. Keanu is such a big part of this series. Yeah. I honestly think that they cou- If it was any
0: other series, I would love to see John Wick... But with like different actors in it's, the main part, they could double 07 it, yeah. They could. I would. Lo- I think it's. A, they'd be great because I. Well, I'm they're really doing it
1: with and she's playing the ballerina. That's a oh, John is that Wick In movie. this universe. Yeah. Oh, cool. So they well, yeah. are doing that. Yeah. Well, so maybe that. Well, maybe that's. Well, yeah. Whatever. But I mean, it's not. Yeah, not exactly. But yeah,
0: that'd be cool. And then, so I, I would like. But I feel like they can't be like. Oh, this new guy's job because Keanu is such a big part of these. Yeah. Apparently, um, I suppose we can probably close to wrapping it yeah, up. But, um, close, the, yeah, The um. Uh, Dad was looking at the IMDb trivia stuff and apparently... John- Your dad, dad of the show. Yeah, the, the, the daddy of the show. Whoa. Um, okay. <laughs> cut that, cut that. <laughs> um, da- dad was looking at the IMDb like trivia stuff the other day um, and uh, apparently John dad. Wick only has like... Keanu's character has like 380 uh, lines of dialogue or maybe 380 words. Shut I think he says 380 fuck. words in the... <laughs> In the whole movie That's awesome And a third of them are like monosyllabic like yeah type stuff And apparently Keanu himself like cut out like half the dialogue from the script when he was given it
1: Every interview he gives he's literally just like yeah man you know It's like it's John Wick you (laughs) know He just says we wanted to make it more like I don't know It's just so like john wick <laughs> you know it's it's john wick i'm like i what, i know what do you mean and yeah. also yeah i feel like that's the thing i do know yeah. Rather, tell me Brother, something i don't i know it's john wick now <laughs> yeah. movie rules uh yeah. i think you're a dumb nerd for statistically, not statistically you're probably gonna have fun with it listener so i would recommend that you go and
0: see it I love uh, that these movies are yeah. getting sillier and sillier. I love enjoying I like learning more about the universe,
1: uh, mm. and that I love how I like stu- most about the other ones too. Yeah. yeah,
0: I love how stupid it's getting. Yeah, like mm. Bill Skarsgård. Like uh, apparently that was another thing where they were like, "Oh, we need to have this new guy. that's like a new sheriff in town, Yeah, we'll call him a marquee because it's cool to call him a marquee." <laughs> like I-, I love that they're. It's just so transparently like, wouldn't it be sick Empty if we headed. did this? Yeah, wouldn't it be sick if John Wick had nunchucks? I guess that means he has to go to Japan. Like, it, yeah, it rules man <laughs> he's a dumb guy making dumb guy movies
1: I don't know how much like yeah I'm not I haven't looked into the, the screenwriters behind this one but um, but yeah I mean it's look I, I don't want to say that they're trying to do something and failing <laughs> I just think that they're not Brother, trying you just did no no I think they're not trying to do what I would personally enjoy and so I think it like this is a firm like it's not for me whereas I think the rest of them three had its moments two and one I really liked yeah, yeah this yeah. one I <sighs> could have could have missed. Absolutely ruled. To be honest,
0: definitely watch this movie. Uh, up there with my favorites. Mm. Uh, had a lot of fun watching it. A good movie to watch with a crew of folks.
1: Yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, I, maybe I, I maybe, think that might be a better to, like, setting for it. You had
0: to like rush to get there. <laughs> I was
1: driving. I was driving home from Sydney. Yeah. To make a session time. Yeah, <laughs> for Sydney a to Tuggeranong to Delconnen. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, maybe you were just in the wrong headspace for it.
1: I wasn't a weird headspace, but I think I was ready to enjoy mm. it. And I, I think I don't know. I just, knowing the reception of it, I thought like, oh, it's going to do something special. And then I didn't really feel like it did something special. It's not like it was overhyped, but you know, yeah, there were a couple of weird things that fed into my interpretation of it that I think just didn't really, didn't really work in its favor. Oh, well, Um, but I, but I just think this is going to be a problem for every action movie franchise that ever exists where each, (laughs) each sequel has to be more, 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 more. And there's a, it just reaches a threshold. like, the last, Tom, I think the, the int- last Mission Impossible movie is going to have to actually kill Tom Cruise. I think Cruise. the Mission
0: Impossible movies are doing a good job as well because they feel like maybe you're right. They're not doing the more guys thing. They're yeah. like they're just making the stunt crazier. Yeah, and maybe this one they're just not. I don't know. I yeah, wish I wish no, I,
1: I wish they'd done more of that rather than the the more, more guys, guys thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, fair that's, enough. That's my personal oh, well. gripe with
0: it. One thing, I, one place that we could use more guys. <laughs> Is, uh, it's in the, the Facebook d- group. The, d- the
1: download numbers in the Facebook groups for this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If
0: you're enjoying this one in the podcast, please tell a friend. Uh, no, we're using
1: guys androgynously yeah, there, by the way. So this is more just that's more right. Pe- more people. Uh,
0: more people. That's more right. Folks. You're all honorary guys. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you're all. You're all, You're all guys to us. That's it. Uh, please uh, tell more friends about the show. Enjoy uh, if you're enjoying it. Let us know. Email us. Let us know what you want us to watch. I think next week we're probably going to do the Mario movie. Oh shit! Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I think we've discussed it. We'll do something. It'll be in the description in the Mm. episode now. Anyway, so you can have a look and see what we decided on doing. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you. Enjoy
1: whatever it is that I'm playing in the background here now. Probably, probably a La Castlevania track from the John Wick Four soundtrack. I'd say definitely not. Uh, We did about (laughs) seventy percent of the music, so I reckon it might be. Yeah, fuck.
0: Oh well. uh, (laughs) Listen next week. Thank you for listening. Bye 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 bye. bye, 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 bye. Thanks
1: for tuning in. Bye. Bye.
2: Step I take You take with me yeah. no